Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz. I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. Thank you for tuning in. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Fear of the Walking Dead in just a few minutes. I want to welcome all of our people throughout YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. I want to give a big shout-out to all our moderators. We do a great job. Thank you, everybody, for joining me tonight. I hope everyone, like I said, had a great weekend. It is Monday. Today, uh, Monday, May 24th, summer is nearly upon us. I want to say hello to Viviana on Facebook. Tyler is joining us on YouTube. Lisa and Lindsay are joining us on Facebook. On the Instagram side, we have Martha, who's just joined us. So, Wax, AHK, Fabian, Gabriel, welcome to all you guys. Brayden just joined us and is saying hello. So, before we get started... Um, I want to make an announcement. This Friday, we're going to have a special guest, writer and director Ivan Kavanaugh. Now, Ivan uh, has a movie that was released uh, this year, about a month or two ago. It's called Sun. It stars Andy Matichak. Andy Matichak is Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter in the new Halloween movies. Uh, we've only had the pleasure of seeing Halloween 2018 so far. Halloween Kills is coming out this October. And Halloween Ends is coming out next year in October. Uh, all three films are going to be starring Andy, of course. And she is going to become the lead role. It, it, it's sort of like comparison to the, the, the latest chapters of the Star Wars films. Where they brought back Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill... Uh, and all of them back together, but to slowly use them to transition new characters. That's what's going, that's sort of what's going on with the new Halloween movies, where they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis, who of course is synonymous with the Halloween franchise, to introduce new characters to us. Uh, Judy Greer plays Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, and Andy Matichak plays her granddaughter. Anyway, this movie that Ivan Kavanaugh directed and wrote, it's called Sun. Uh, it's a brilliant movie. I guarantee most of you have never heard it. Uh, most definitely probably never even seen it. I checked uh, before I went live tonight. If you do want to watch it, it is not attached to any streaming services, but you can rent and buy it on any of the major streaming services. Uh so, if you're willing to spend a couple of bucks to watch a great movie, I highly recommend you watch Sun. We're going to have uh, the writer-director joining us on Friday. And another special note, the Ivan lives in Central Europe. So, he is six hours ahead of us here on the East Coast of the United States. So, Friday's interview is going to be starting really early, 3 p.m., Eastern, 3 p.m. in the afternoon this after, uh, this coming Friday. So that is a scheduling note. So if you guys want to watch the interview live, it's going to be starting 3 p.m. Eastern United States time. And of course, afterwards, if you can't make that time, it's going to be archived on all of our uh, social media networks. So I wanted to show you guys, before we get started with fear, and that is what we're going to be talking about tonight, but before we get started with Fear of the Walking Dead, which was absolutely amazing last night, I want to show you guys a preview and read to you a little bit of review of what 
sun is about so you guys know what i'm talking about so here's the trailer uh, i have seen this movie and i can vouch for it it is really scary it is great check it out i would just show them off and call myself the spider lady good answer mom good night i love you mom Doctors couldn't find anything physically wrong with your son. Think you could have been dreaming? Wake up, honey. Why do you think these people were here? Who were they? I was raised in a cult. It was them. They're coming for us. They awakened something in him. Ah! I was dreaming. What about? Drowning in a river of blood. This cold may still be out there. Is that the boy? There was never any cold. She retreated into a fantasy world. If this is real, she needs our protection. And what if it's not? Say the words. It's all in your head. You have no idea what he's capable of. So there you guys have it. Son, uh, uh, there is a little brief synopsis here. I'm going to read for you guys. After a mysterious group of individuals break into Laura's home and attempts to abduct her eight-year-old son, David, the two of them flee town in search of safety. But soon after the failed kidnapping, David becomes extremely ill, suffering from increasingly sporadic psychosis and convulsions. Following her maternal instincts to save him, Laura commits, commits unspeakable acts to keep him alive. But soon she must decide how far she is willing to go to save her son. So there you guys have it. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. But come Friday, when we have the writer and director join us, there will be a lot of spoilers. So if you guys do want to watch it, you've got four days to watch the movie and not have it spoiled for you. I see that it's Lindsay's birthday. Happy birthday to our loyal, regular viewer, Lindsay Sparks from Canada. I hope you're having a great day. And uh, thank you for joining us on your birthday. Um... So I want to welcome Brayden Novak, who's just joined us on uh, YouTube. DG is also with us. Zoe is with us on Twitter. So let's get to it. Let's talk about Fear the Walking Dead. And yesterday we got confirmation to what we have been talking about for several weeks. Uh, it's They did not, the writers of Fear did not go out of their way to make this an, oh my God, that's what he's doing. I mean, you really, you know, two keys, uh, destruction of the entire top side of the planet. You pieced it together pretty quickly that this guy is going to launch some kind of either uh, 
chemical warfare uh, or a nuclear attack. And it is going to be a nuclear attack. That makes the most sense. And it takes us all the way back to the season premiere where we saw that submarine. And I got to give kudos and props to one of our viewers. I don't remember which one of you guys, but one of you guys did call out that submarine and the nuclear missiles being launched from that submarine. So kudos to you. You guessed it. You're absolutely correct. Uh, now, Teddy, just to show you how delusional he is, he is not going to be able to wipe out the entire planet with however many missiles are on board that submarine. He might be able to take out the southwestern, southern portion of the United States, but that's about it. So right there, his whole plan of destroying the entire world is flawed because, yeah, the radiation, the fallout will eventually spread across the whole planet, but it's not going to cause the mass extinction level event that he is hoping for. And make no mistake about it, and you guys know this, Teddy is batshit crazy. I mean... Uh, Alicia could not have said it better. He is just batshit crazy. And I find it fascinating that people that are batshit crazy are A, charismatic, and they are so deep in their beliefs, their batshit crazy beliefs, that it's not enough for them to have their beliefs and go about their business this guy, before the apocalypse, uh, killed people. He murdered his own mother, which we found out yesterday. No big surprise there. Killed anybody that got in his way. Uh, it's the incessant need for these bat shit crazy people to have other people believe in their bat shit crazy ideas. That's the part that I don't get. Hey, you want to have these batshit crazy thoughts about the world and the end is the beginning and everybody needs to die so everybody can start over and you're the one who is responsible for bringing upon uh, the apocalypse within the apocalypse? I mean, that's a new one right there. Uh... You know, and, but this guy has convinced a lot of people. And Riley, who, if you would meet Riley, looks, sounds like an intelligent man. Even he, and he is Teddy's top lieutenant. And as we saw in the trailer for next, for not next week's, but for the next episode, uh, he is the one who's, him and Teddy are going to be launching those missiles and they plan on sacrificing themselves. They are not going to be safely tucked away in the bunker uh, with everybody else. That's why he picked Alicia. Alicia is the person, according to him, that he has been looking for for so long because she has something that is going to be in desperate need after he accomplishes what he is wants to do. And that's hope. And he locks Alicia up in the bunker with the rest of them that are meant to survive. He is fully ready to sacrifice himself. I mean, 
just the sheer fact that he would take Alicia, and we'll get to Dakota in a second. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on with Dakota. But Alicia, just taking her with him, trusting her that she's not going to just put a knife in his skull. Uh, and when she does find out the truth, she she just should have shot him right then and there. Uh, what's this whole stepping backwards, pointing the gun at him? You shoot him. You got the information you need. You take his ass out. And then you try to reach somebody on the radio. You don't do it reverse. So she wasn't able to kill Teddy. He was right. Doesn't matter if Teddy dies at this point. His loyal followers are going to go through with the plan. They have both sets of keys. Uh, so if he's alive or not, he doesn't care. He really doesn't. He doesn't care about his whole life. And that brings us to the introduction of some characters that we have not seen for a while on Fear of the Walking Dead, the old stadium gang with Madison and Cole and Liv. And, uh, you know, uh, no surprise. No surprise there. They've been out for many years, many, many years. Don't forget, we had a time jump in Fear of the Walking Dead in Season 4. The majority of the first half of Season 4 of Fear of the Walking Dead was them recounting what happened at the stadium. Uh and, it, you know, there was a time jump. And they did it so they can line up the timelines for Morgan to successfully cross over from The Walking Dead into Fear of the Walking Dead. Since then, Fear of the Walking Dead has fallen behind six years in the timeline again. But anyway, uh, you know, so Cole has been out there since the stadium. Alicia saw him, trusted him. She knew him, but they turned out to be... You know, they have been scrounging, they trusted people, and of course those people turned on them, and we've heard this story at least a dozen different times on the Walking Dead universe. They get attacked, it reminds me of the Terminus people, how Gareth was trying to convince when he was about to die and when he was talking to Rick that they didn't always used to be this way. Uh, Terminus was supposed to be a safe haven sanctuary, until people came in, took it over, kept them, locked them up as prisoners. The women got raped, abused. Everyone was treated really horribly. They ended up getting the upper hand. And since then, they started basically eating people. So I guess that's no different to what happened to Cole and his friends. After the stadium was burnt down, they did go looking for Alicia. They ran into some other people that got themselves almost killed. And since then, there is no good or bad people in the Walking Dead apocalyptic world. And yesterday cemented that for me. There is no good. There is no bad. We've seen the gang on The Walking Dead do some really horrible, evil stuff. And these are, quote unquote, the protagonists on the show. Uh, you know, Cole was a part of the protagonist group when they were part of the stadium. They're not so nice anymore. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if he was really going to kill Alicia or not. He did want her to live. He did like her. She would not take his invitation to go with them. Uh, and here's another scene that befuddles me from yesterday's episode. When they have them on their knees 
and they start seeing the walkers come in from all sides, not a single one of them got a shot off before they started being eaten alive. I mean, what the hell, guys? You see them coming. It's not a sneak surprise attack. Uh, but Doug and Liv, they just don't even get a shot off before the zombies are upon them and they, they're eaten alive. So I don't know how they managed to survive as long as they have, but they, they did get overwhelmed. Of course, Alicia with Dakota uh, took out the zombies, the walkers, along with Teddy helping out a little bit. Uh, and I loved how Alicia, that, this was very unique. I loved how she used that walker as a shield, basically sticking her hand uh, through him to be a shield with the gun pointing out. That was awesome. That was an awesome scene. And, uh, you know, she got the drop on Cole and... Uh, I was really questioning, is she going to kill him? Is she not going to kill him? She did what had to be done. She did what had to be done. She put him down right in between the eyes. Guy took a bullet right between the eyes, and he deserved it. He deserved it because, as far as she knew, he was getting ready to kill her. So this guy cannot be trusted. They don't need any more people that they can't trust, especially with having to deal with Teddy and his plan. And then I got to see the trailer for the episode that we're going to get in two weeks. And these last two episodes that we're getting are going to be so crazy. As you guys know, I've interviewed several, several people uh, from Fear of the Walking Dead. Active cast members, uh, as well as some executives. And I uh, messaged one of them yesterday. And I go, you know, we've been talking for almost a year now. And I have never been tempted to even ask you what's going to happen next. It's because I don't want it spoiled. I want to watch it and enjoy it, not knowing what's going to happen. But when the show ended last night and it said, you know, it reminded me that Fear of the Walking Dead is resuming in two weeks. I'm like, oh, man, are you kidding me? We have to wait two weeks for the for the next episode. So I messaged, I messaged them and I said, you know, I've never been tempted to ask you what's going on or what's about to happen. But I got to tell you, after last night's episode, I was tempted. I was tempted to ask. Not that they would tell me, but I, I was tempted to ask what's about to happen. Uh, I'm sure you guys have, saw, have seen the trailer for the next episode. Morgan, they all get ready to battle. And I guarantee you, uh, all the groups... Uh, Victor's Lawton people, Morgan's uh, Waterdam people, of course, Sherry, who is back with Dwight now, and her mass friends, they have to gather. They have to gather to put this, uh, you know, this threat out. Now they know, now that they know the full scope of what is going to happen, Alicia did not get to radio the whole message, but she spoke to Strand, and Strand is smart enough to put two and two together before she got cut off, uh, before Riley showed up. And, uh, you know, he heard the word submarine and he can put two and two together and they have a, they, I think they know now, Strand is gonna tell Morgan 
And we see Morgan taking that axe up from the ground, ready to go to battle again. And up until this past week's episode, I've been saying that the Teddy storyline is going to continue into next season. I am not so sure anymore. Things went really quickly in yesterday's episode. Um, They could have dragged it out a lot longer and had the, you know, they could have had the season end with us finding out the whole nuclear secret. But we still have two episodes to go. Now, I don't really feasibly see this whole Teddy storyline carrying over into season seven. If you would have asked me before I saw this episode, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is not going to be resolved in three in the next three episodes. Now, I don't see Teddy making it into season seven. This whole nuclear sub-story is going to be over in two episodes. Unless, for somehow, they drag out the next two episodes with them on the precipice of launching those missiles. Which I really don't see them doing. I, I don't think so. I think it's going to end. They're not going to launch those missiles. They could surprise us. They could launch a couple of those missiles and we might actually see nuclear detonation on fear of the walking dead we don't know i don't think that's what's going to happen though but yeah you know a totally different stance right now i don't see the teddy storyline carrying over into season seven i think it's going to be over with uh john glover's character who plays teddy is going to be over in the next two episodes and then they have to find alicia then what do you do with all his brainwashed people. Uh, they're stuck in that bunker. Alicia is stuck stuck in that bunker. There's no way out. They're going to find Alicia. And they're going to find a whole bunch of survivors. That are deeply brainwashed. Uh, what do you do with them? They're not necessarily bad people. And we even saw in the trailer for next week. Dakota asking Teddy if they all know that they're about to die. You know, besides Riley and Teddy, we don't know if all the other uh, soldiers in Teddy's group know the full extent of his plan, which is to annihilate his world, which in this case is the southern part of the United States, at least. Uh, A lot of questions, a lot of questions that need to be answered. Now let's talk a little bit about Dakota. I don't even know what's going on with Dakota. Is she acting? It sure seems that she is really authentic. Morgan and did not keep her locked up after Virginia's death. She had full reign of Morgan's community. They did not exile her. It was her idea to go out and find Alicia to repay a favor on how Alicia saved her life. And she is just so emotionally, mentally vulnerable right now that anyone that accepts her, if this is not an act, anyone that accepts her, she believes lock, stock, and barrel. Uh, 
DJ is asking, are we sure Dakota is 15? Well, the actress, Zoe Coletti, is not 15. She's 19. But yeah, the character of Dakota is around 15 years old, which makes sense. It makes sense. 15-year-olds, you know, are still trying to figure things out. Uh, but I have no idea where her head is at. Is this part of a long game for her? Once Teddy revealed his plan, why she turned her gun on Alicia, The I don't see how that could be a part of the act. The only explanation that makes sense to me is that she uh, truly believes and likes uh, Teddy. And Alicia has already had to forgive a teenager, and that's Charlie, for killing her brother. Uh, she did. I mean, she had a lot of animosity towards Dakota in the beginning of the episode when she sees her getting off the bus. I think Dakota was sent out there by Morgan to try to infiltrate the group, or she might have snuck out. She might have left the dam. We don't know. But uh, Zoe is saying that Dakota is far gone, and if she really truly is a part of. Uh, uh, on Teddy's side, I don't see a way back for her. I really don't. Dakota's future on the show is a big question mark right now. Does she make it out of season six? Is she a one season only character? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, is she still playing an act? Did Morgan come up with a master plan that once Dakota successfully infiltrates Teddy's group and she's the only one uh, who can possibly help Morgan in finding out where Alicia and the other bunker is, uh, I'm still holding out hope for Dakota that she's playing uh, a game. She's playing the long game and she's playing out a plan that Morgan thought up of or at least somebody in Morgan's group, on what she would do if she was to successfully infiltrate Teddy's group, which she did. And, Te and Dakota, who he calls Sue, by the way, uh, she, f she definitely has Teddy's trust, as well as all of his uh, uh, soldiers. So that's just a big question mark. I have no idea. We have to see how that plays out. Uh, I hope... I hope. I love the character of Dakota. I think she would be great for the show moving on into season seven. Zoe Coletti, who's been a guest on our show, who plays Dakota, is an amazing young actress. I just want to see a lot more of the character. And it would be a shame if to kill off Dakota without keep going. Because she's, on on she's at the beginning of her character arc. She still has a long way to go. So I really hope they don't whack her and kill her off the show without us, you know, getting a chance to see her character arc. So with that said, let's see what the critics, the lovely critics have to say in regards to yesterday's episode of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, I really don't see them not liking it. So let's see. Den of Geek, Fear the Walking Dead, Season 6, Episode 14. Review, the title of the episode was Mother. And uh, yeah, what'd you guys think about Teddy's little Norman Bates side of him in regards to his mother? 
down to him actually calling his mom mother, just like good old Norman Bates. Alicia's past catches up to her in a tense Fear the Walking Dead. After being sidelined for most of the season, Fear the Walking Dead finally throws one of its best characters into the fray. Talking about Alicia, of course, who hasn't gotten nearly enough screen time lately. I totally agree with that. So it's interesting and refreshing that Mother should lean so heavily into what it means to be Madison Clark's daughter. The episode continues season six trend of unexpected reunions, and this one certainly doesn't disappoint. But more on that chance encounter in a bit. In the meantime, let's talk about Teddy Maddox, who of course is played by John Glover. We already knew he was a bit unhinged, what with being a cult leader and embalming dissenters and wanting to usher in nuclear Armageddon, Taken individually, any one of those things is a huge red flag, to be sure. Taken together, though, and you have a dangerous lunatic who makes the likes of recent antagonists like Virginia, Logan, and Martha seem <laughs> seem like dilettantes by comparison, which is a good thing, really. While the undead have become more of an existential threat to our heroes, the living always proved to be the biggest and most immediate threat to survival. Remember Jeremiah and Troy Otto from Season 3? They were good villains. What made them so dangerous was that they mistakenly believed they had the moral high ground. Teddy is no different. Like the Ottos, he truly believes that humans are nothing more than bottom feeders who deserve to be wiped out. While his views are a bit extreme, what transpires in Mother certainly seems to bear out this grim hypothesis. Indeed, this episode offers compelling insights into Teddy's convoluted thought process. He sums it all up when he tells Alicia, I could preserve everything I loved and destroy everything I didn't. This black-and-white worldview is calcified after he murders someone and marvels at the flowers growing over her backyard grave. They're talking about his mother. That and 30 years on death row gave him plenty of time to reinforce, reinforce his twisted beliefs. When the world ended, his second chance began in earnest. Now this wasteland prophet finally has the means to bring his vision to full fruition. To do that, he needs Alicia's help. All the way back in Season 3, in my review of Brothers Keepers, I suggested that fear could possibly benefit from killing off Alicia. This was back when the entire Clark family was still alive and seemingly unkillable. Three seasons later, though, Alicia is the last Clark standing. To lose her now would cut fear off from an important part of its history. Whether you like them or hate them, for better or worse, this Walking Dead spinoff was built upon the Clark family's misadventures during the earliest days of the zombie apocalypse. 
Were they always role models? Definitely not. But week after week, their flaws made for more compelling drama. And as we know over the years, Alicia has tried more than once to leave all the bloodshed behind. Unfortunately for her, Alicia is usually at her best when she is forced to do her worst. And Mother is certainly no exception. Tapped by Teddy to run a special errand with new cult recruit Dakota tagging along for good measure, Alicia unwittingly becomes part of, of a grand thought experiment. It should be said that Alicia Debnam Carey delivers a great performance, as does Glover. And I can back that up as well. They were brilliant. They proved to be excellent foils for one another, playing two sides of the same coin. Throwing them together provides plenty of friction as Teddy continues to woo her to his way of thinking. And if that means revisiting the ghosts of the past, so be it. For Alicia, that means confronting her mother's legacy. For Teddy, though, that means liberating his mother's corpse from its crypt. It's amazing that this scene can be so unsettling, given how the Walking Dead universe has spent nearly 11 years normalizing reanimated corpses. Maybe it's because Teddy is obviously unwell, or maybe it's because he cherishes his mother's corpse rather than fearing it. And we learn that is not his mother. Okay, it was a trick to bring Alicia to where the stadium was to try to prove a point to her, which he didn't know Cole was going to show up. But in the end, he thought he made his point. In this world, any interactions with the dead are assiduously avoided. That this turns out to be a random corpse is even more disturbing. The way Teddy and Dakota casually compare notes on the people they've killed and why is likewise unsettling. And I, I got to stop right there. That was unsettling. Um, when those two were talking like a father-daughter type of talk about how people don't understand why it's perfectly fine and natural to kill people now, and that's the only way she knows to do things. It was unsettling. I mean, I don't know what other word to use. Now, killing before the apocalypse landed you on death row. Killing now? Well, it's just the way of the world. The more we learn about Dakota, the more it seems like Virginia may have been trying to protect people from her daughter. That's an interesting thought. As for this episode's surprise reunion, it was great to see a familiar face until it isn't. Cole, played by Sebastian Sozzi, harkens all the way back to the headier days when Madison forged a settlement inside an abandoned stadium, that settlement went up in flames, as they tend to do in the Walking Dead universe. If you recall, Madison gave her life so that her fellow survivors could live to fight another day, which is why it's so painful for Alicia to see her mother's sacrifice squandered by Cole, Doug, and Viv. Since the stadium fell, they've become ruthless marauders. 
To Teddy, Cole and his ilk are walking justifications for why he wants to rid the world of loathsome, unsavory types. And the guy's a murderer himself, so he's a loathsome, unsavory type himself as well. But that's all a matter of perspective. What passes for loathsome in this world, Dakota thinks Alicia killing Cole puts the two of them on equal footing. But her moral ground isn't the same. Or is it? Killing doesn't come easily for Alicia. At least not like it does for the Teddies or the Dakotas of the world. Each person Alicia has killed, even in self-defense, exacts a tremendous toll. In the end, taking out Cole proves to Teddy that Alicia is exactly who he needs to bring hope to this coming version of the world. He even goes so far as to lock her away in a secure bunker to ensure her survival after the beached submarine's missiles rain down destruction on the guilty. Kudos to Fear for playing the long game this season. It's great to finally get more answers about the sub, about the graffiti, and about those keys, even as they create more problems for our survivors. Kudos, too, for putting Alicia front and center this week. Uh, Debnam Carey is is a force to be reckoned with. When given the chance, she elevates every episode that she is in. One final thought, Fear seems to be going out of its way this season to remind everyone what a terrible person Strand used to be. After this episode, I'm convinced Strand will ultimately save the world from destruction. That would be awesome, okay? Uh, To have Strand be one of the heroes... Because let's, I mean, let's just get this straight. It's going to take a lot more than Morgan or anybody working alone to stop this disaster. It's going to take all of the settlements that are not a part of Teddy's batshit crazy group to stop this madman and what he plans on doing. So, you know, you might be asking yourself, how does a, a submarine, if you saw the trailer for next week, How does a submarine still have power? Well, that's actually very easy. Uh, It's it's nuclear powered. So there you go. That's why it's still able to have power. And he's going to use that power to annihilate the world. But again, it goes to his batshit crazy thinking. There's not enough missiles in there to take out the world. There's enough missiles in in there to take out the entire southern portion of the United States. But beyond that, what's going to go on to the rest of the world is just going to be a lingering radiation cloud. So, no mistake about it. And I don't think he really cares. To him, Teddy, his world is what's in his immediate vicinity. He doesn't care about what people in Australia or Europe... To him, they don't even exist. So that's why his whole notion of uh, starting over fresh is flawed. And I think it's supposed to be flawed because the guy is crazy. He has not thought this through. And I love the little backstory we got when he was telling us that when when he was a little kid, 
and his mother walked in and saw his journal on his writings on how he has been having these thoughts on how the entire world should be destroyed since he was very young. His mother tried to have him locked up. John Dory Sr. Uh, did the right thing, no doubt about it, in planting that evidence. He was locked away for 30 years. 30 years is how long John Dory Sr. Uh, had to deal, you know, I guess you can call it with sub, call it subconscious guilt. It tore him away from his family. So this this nut job has taken so much from so many people spanning decades before the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse even ever began. Uh, Zoe writes, that's when I realized Dakota was gone. DG on YouTube writes, have we even seen the kids that they found after crashing the plane in season five this season? Yeah, we have seen them. They're still there. They're around. Whether we're going to see them again, I don't know. But no indication has been given that they are dead. Anything bad happened to them. They're all within Morgan's settlement, you know, as far as we know. Uh, I want to say hello to Valen, who's saying hello all the way from Argentina. Valen, it's great to have you with us all the way from Argentina. Also want to say hello to Jake, who is waving at us. Welcome, Jake. So thank you to all the people who have joined us on Instagram. So there you guys have it. We have to wait two weeks. Two weeks. This coming weekend here in the United States is Memorial Day weekend. So that is probably why there's no uh, new episode of Fear the Walking Dead. There has been no indication that they are going to put and make the finale a two-hour finale where they put episodes 15 and 16 together and air them on the same date. I have not heard anything about it. In the trailer right after yesterday's episode, they didn't say, you know, in two weeks in the season finale of Fear the Walking Dead. So it's going to be two separate episodes uh, that are going to span over the next three weeks. We just got to wait and see how they end this season. I don't personally see Teddy making it into season seven now. Can they still find a way to keep the character around? I don't see what's the point after he is hopefully defeated. Uh, why would he want to live? The guy doesn't care if he lives or dies. So I don't see him, them doing a Negan type thing and keeping him as a prisoner or anything like that. He's going to die or this can go a completely different way. He can actually launch those missiles and the Walking Dead universe can show us something that we never expected. And that is... Uh, a nuclear explosion that would be that would be something that would be something uh, how do you you know go that route with the writing and actually have Teddy launch those missiles and have nuclear bombs go off all across the southern part of the United States and still find a way for the story to continue with our characters I have no idea. That's why I don't really 
think that's going to happen. We might see, he might get off one missile. We might see one detonation. We already had a nuclear power plant melt down on Fear the Walking Dead. And that was on the other side of the mountain of where they are. And that has not seemed to have been an issue in this season. So a lot of interesting stuff to come. Only two episodes to do it. So there you guys have it. That's our weekly roundup of Fear of the Walking Dead. Please visit us on deadtalklive.com for all of our information, our links, our, see our featured episodes, recent episodes, see our guest list, both upcoming and our past special guests right here on Dead Talk Live. If you want to be a part of our live audience, we are on Monday through Friday on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Go to our website. Uh, the time does vary sometimes. It can, it'll be sometime, usually we go live sometime between 9.30 to 10.30. But for each day, just go to our website. And on the main page, you'll see the exact start time for that uh, day's episode. I want to thank you guys so much for being a part of our show tonight. I'll be back with you again tomorrow night. Don't forget Friday we have special guest Ivan Kavanaugh, the writer and director of the movie Sun. Highly recommend if you guys are looking for something to watch that you check out this movie. You will not be disappointed. So, until tomorrow night, guys, stay safe and always stay walking. Good night.